Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Back. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. It's Hollywood's biggest night. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, Hollywood, as I like to say. Oh, really? <laughs> Was Hollywood born on the well, Os- no, first Oscars? You know, happy birthday, Hollywood, observed. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Um, but uh, And happy birthday to uh, me, belated. Yes. So it was my birthday true, yeah. yesterday, and it was a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of fun. I had a good time. Did you enjoy yourself? I really did. Okay. Yeah. I did as well, much to my surprise. That is not usually my environment. Yeah, I was um, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to do this podcast today because uh, there was loud music that I had to talk over. Yeah. Which, you know, like, I'm a veteran of the night the nightlife. <laughs> oh, right? I thought you were just going to say a veteran of the night. <laughs> I am a veteran of the night. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know my I know my limits, but yeah, that it is not, it's not the kind of atmosphere I've spent a lot of time with you. Yeah. Now the, uh, the bar and loud music atmosphere. There, after about forty five minutes in, because it was very busy. Uh, I don't like having a Saturday on uh, a birthday on a Saturday, um, because anywhere you go, it's going to be busy. But uh, mm-hmm. but and after more about people 40, can make it. What was that? More people. More can people make can make it. Stuff. It's a you know mixed blessing, but. Um, but yeah, I, I had to like step outside after about 45 minutes just to kind of get my bearings because I do get a little claustrophobic at times. And uh, But then when I went back in, I was there for uh, two hours talking to friends and a lot of people showed up and uh, a few listeners, a couple of uh, guests of, the, of mm-hmm. the show, and that was very exciting. And so, uh, yeah, I, it, was a, it was a good time. I got a lot of uh, birthday wishes from listeners, and I, I appreciate that. That was very nice of you. Thanks, so, listeners. Now... We've got things we need to get to. You haven't to. asked me how I'm doing yet. Have I not? No. You said, instead of saying, David, how you doing? You said, David, it's Hollywood's biggest night. Uh, well, I would assume that by saying that, you are doing well. I guess, yes. Right? But I am starting to come down with something. I'm oh, a little okay. sick yeah, right yeah. now, which foolishly didn't stop me from having some wine mm. during the telecast. That dehydrates uh, you. you got to be hydrated when you're feeling sick. Yeah, I got, I've got water as well. Okay. Um, but uh, like I, I said recently on an episode that won't come up, won't air until much later. But that this is now the only episode a year that I do uh, after having had drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time early on when uh, I was either unemployed or sparsely employed that I would often have a beer or two or three during an episode. You can pay ten dollars to hear all of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, $10 gets you the first 40 episodes minus guest episodes, which are already free. Um, and that was uh, that was unprofessional of me. <laughs> I think the show has gotten better with me taking it more seriously and being sober. Uh, that remains to be seen. But this, is a, this episode is a party because it's Oscar Sunday. Damn right it is, buddy. Yeah. And if you, uh, you know what? And here's the thing. You're coming down with something. If you get me sick before I go on my trip i will slit your throat <laughs> yeah I, i've already I, been sick on one ex- ex- anticipated trip uh in the last year i don't want it to happen again um uh for those that i think i mentioned it elsewhere but i'm not sure uh my wife and i will be uh, taking a trip to new zealand uh on march 7th and uh i'm going to actually meet uh, uh a couple listeners while i'm down there which will be very awesome. exciting that's awesome so but um yeah that's how i'm doing but, uh, uh, I, like I said, I'm in a good mood because it's Oscar Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling sick, but I'm glad that not too much of the burden for this episode will be on me. Right. Because we have a guest. 
Yeah, okay. And I'm just going to let him do most of the talking. I imagine he is prepared for that. He's got it worked out. He's got, he's got uh, notes. He's got notes in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's ready. Uh, those who uh, regularly read the Battleship... Or, battle, what's that? We got to talk about our sponsor first. Oh, we got to do that first. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to to have him be like, oh, uh, yeah, they're pretty good, I guess. Like, okay, I don't You're want right. to put him in the position of lying. You're right. We're still. S- he just got his sample today. He doesn't know. <laughs> We're still somewhat new to the sponsor thing. Yeah. So yes, um, how are you enjoying your tweakedaudio.com earbuds? How else can I enjoy them? Immensely it, is the happened, only word. Here's what happened to me today. Okay, right. Last night I had been. Uh, you know, out and about, I went to your, um, your, your, your shindig for your birthday. I'm happy you said shindig. I wanted you to. <laughs> and I guess I had had my tweakedaudio.com earbuds in my pocket and had mm-hmm. taken, taken them out and set them in the drink holder in my car. So this morning, I get up to make my eggs. That's the first thing I do when I wake up. Yeah. No, I, I usually shower first. Uh, but I'm making myself some eggs for breakfast. And I want to listen to uh, a podcast while I'm mm. while I'm making eggs. It's a yeah. it's a ritual for me. Oh, okay. But I'm like in my my PJs. You know, I realize the tweakedaudio.com earbuds in the car. Your footy I, pajamas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So I lazily just use my old earbuds. Bad idea at this point. It doesn't work, right? I'm spoiled by yeah. these tweakedaudio.com earbuds. It's all tinny. Yeah. In in these in these older ones, these cheaper ones. Yeah. Uh, not that tweakedaudio.com earbuds are expensive. That's true. And especially not if you use offer code pretension at, check out, at checkout. Yeah, yeah. Or checkout. <laughs> but I, I think it's more efficient through checkout. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for the, yeah, if you don't know, tweakedaudio.com makes uh, like a professional level, level uh, earbuds yeah. that you can buy in multiple styles and colors. That's right. Like they have like four different styles. Is that right? Oh my, I don't. I, who can keep track these days? They have a number of different styles, and they have a number of different colors for each style. Yeah. So, if my calculations are correct, the possibilities are endless. I'd say, if not endless, close or close practically to practically endless. endless. Yeah, yeah. For all intensive purposes. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, endless possibilities yeah. over at tweakedaudio.com. and you get a third off, thirty-three percent off. Yeah. Uh, of these outstanding earbuds, they also sell watches. We, we've never do. really talked about that. Well, they didn't send us any watch samples. <laughs> I can't. We speak can't to vouch that. for the watch. Yeah, yeah. But if they're anywhere near the level of quality of the earbuds, they're probably very good watches. So you go to tweakedaudio.com, you buy some earbuds, not just for yourself, but for friends, and loved ones, people whose ears you care about. Uh, what's coming? St. Patrick's Day is Saint coming Patrick's up. They, ha- they make up. them in green. Yeah, those are the ones I have. Um, uh, Thai New Year is after that, then Easter. Right. Um, They've got pel- pastel colors. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's for Thai New Year, right? <laughs> Thai New Year, very pastel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Thai New Year is a water holiday. Oh, is it? Whatever okay. that means. <laughs> it's kind of being kind of disrespectful to the Thai culture. Oh, okay. It has something to do... It's a water festival. Songkran, oh. it's called. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, so there's probably something watery, blue, that yeah. you can get for uh, as a Thai New Year present, a traditional Thai New Year present. Yeah, yeah. You go to tweakedaudio.com, uh, you put in offer code pretension at checkout, you get a third off yeah. uh, on your awesome earbuds. And some of the money the some of the little money that you do that you will be paying 
goes to us and we we really do appreciate it yeah so and we thanks need for it. that and yeah, we do need it. don't think because we have sponsors that you can't still donate to the show we would love it <laughs> we could use it absolutely absolutely we're just trying to keep ourselves afloat here and uh just try to trying to make it yeah <sighs> uh, um i mean we would love to someday be able to compensate the writers for the website yes uh and so any sort of donations help I, I like those writers. One person I'm sure will back me up on that. Yeah, is a writer for BattleshipRetention.com and a general person in other senses. Mm-hmm. It's not person the, of interest. That's it's what not I the say. only thing that defines him, right? His writing for BattleshipRetention.com. Well, I can't speak to that. Only he can say well, what defines him. He's a big Doctor Who fan. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's two things that you know about him. Okay. Uh, but he's here today to talk about the Oscars. He just watched them with you. Yes. Then he came over here to my place. That's right. We're recording at my place. Yeah. This doesn't happen very often. You might uh, you might be able to detect a slight unease in my voice. <laughs> uh, and that's because I'm not in my, my home comfortable. And, right. uh, and uh, you always just... But you're perched directly below the Judgment at Nuremberg po- poster, which is one of your favorite movies. That's true. So that should put you at But ease. I'm not facing it. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I see it in the reflection of that TV there. So, yeah. okay, we're good. Okay. So now that Tyler has his bearings and feels okay in this setting... Let's bring in the guest. You 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 know him uh, if you read BattleshipRetention.com. You know his reviews and, uh, and other such writings. Uh, his name, ladies and gentlemen, is Kyle Anderson. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on your show. How you doing there, Kyle? I would say happy birthday to Hollywood, but I think they're Jehovah's Witness in Hollywood. So <laughs> they don't, have, they don't uh, celebrate. So, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing well. All right. I'm doing very well. Not Did fatigued you? at all from watching the Oscars. Okay. Maybe a little bit. I have a slight headache. Do you? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably because Jason was there. What was that? That's probably because Jason was there. I could see a friend of the show, Jason Eakin. I thought it was from cheering so loud. Yeah. For all the films that you love that won. Yeah. Especially Hugo. You loved that movie, didn't you? (laughs) We'll get to this in a second. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Kyle, first, let's get to know you just a little bit. All right. Not much. You are merely a writer for Mm -hmm. us. And that's only only that, as far (laughs) as I'm concerned. Uh Um, You know, I didn't... Come uh, come upon you uh, because of my love of Doctor Who. No, I don't understand it. Every every episode you've described to me, you always like, yeah, this episode was really racist. And uh, <laughs> that and was one. That was yesterday. In fact, is that the only time I've ever done? Yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Well, there are three. You, I usually cut you off before you really uh, really get into it because uh, I'm not that interested. But um, are you not? I mean, I, I've never watched. Uh, I, I've I've seen the odd episode of Doctor Who, but not really watched it. But are you honestly not interested in Doctor Who? You know what? Because I am. I'm intrigued, but it's just... And I know that it's not like a soap opera. I know that it's not one of those like ongoing things. I know that each series is, is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a large thing mm-hmm. that I just feel like I can't, I can't I dive totally into it. it. And there's yeah. other... I, I hate to put it this way. There's other things that I feel like would be more more up my alley mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in those take priority. So the day, the day may come when I'm, I'm able to watch... Uh, you know, one series that is particularly uh, recommended with a uh, David Tennant or a, I believe there's someone named Matthew Smith. Correct. I know that because that's my brother's name. <laughs> and so... But he goes uh, by Matt, right? He does go by Matt. As Matt. does my brother, yes. And so, um, so yeah, I'm interested at some point, but it's but I know, probably I mean, no I know, place in the, no time in the future. You are a fan of character actor Christopher Eccleston. I am. He was a doctor. Yeah, he was the first new doctor on the new series. That's interesting. Here's the problem with that, <laughs> is that uh, I think I like him more when he is... You said he's a character actor. Would you say the role of Doctor Who is a character-type oh, role, or is it more of a bland leading role? It's 
absolutely the weirdest role of of a of anybody. I'm back on board. You're yeah. a fan of With Nail and I. Uh, yes, I am. Both I doctors only, in some sense, right? Um, yes, but Paul McGann, who plays and I. Okay, yeah. He was the uh, the doctor in the 1996 TV movie. Okay, and um, Richard E. Grant played the uh, a version of the, of the doctor in in uh, the Scarlet Pimpernel, the Scarlet Pimpernel, yeah. in an animated thing called The Scream of the Shalka. All right, which I have not seen oh that's not oh. true i've seen oh. one one of the four episodes of it oh okay so so uh, now are you sold are you gonna go home and start watching doctor Who? dude it's really good you gotta <laughs> say it it's really good um <laughs> it is you. something i'm i'm i am a bit more uh, mm-hmm. interested in now yes also i've written maybe a book on it for a different website if you want to read all that what uh, what website is that that is the nerdist.com all right so you can head on over there and, and uh, read about Doctor Who, and yeah. you write other things for them as well. I do. Right? I write stuff mostly on sci-fi, but with a comedic touch. I, I never. Mean, that's so- just uh, Nerdist is not a very big enterprise. No, no, no. To Battleship Very few yeah, people yeah. read the Nerdist website. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's you know, like we're kind of doing them a favor by talking about it now. But <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. I appreciate that. But head on, <laughs> but head on over to the Nerdist, and you do occasionally, if I'm not mistaken, you will review like uh, the trailer for a, a new movie. Yeah, if a trailer comes out and it's particularly dumb looking, mm-hmm. um, oh, I'll rip into that. Yeah, and uh, reading the uh, comments about your comments mm-hmm. about the trailer is, uh, boy, just a stimulating enterprise. Yeah, because some people. The whole aspect of me doing that, or the whole my whole take is this trailer looks stupid. Let me make fun of it, point by point, second by second, almost. Right. Um, and some people are like, "Come on, give it a chance." I'm like, "I'm not going to give Lockout, the movie about a prison in outer space, a chance." That could but be maybe good. I will. Yeah. And here's the thing: is the way is the it way, anything like Alien Three? Um, I don't think so. You know what? It's Escape from New York, but in outer space. It's actually okay. Taken. It's made by the same guys who did Taken. Hmm. Um, and it's even got um, Maggie Grace in it as the girl again. But this time, it's Guy uh, Guy Pierce playing Hugh Jackman playing Snake Plissken. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. There's a lot of layers to that. Lots to it. But I've read a few of those of those reviews, and I have always liked them. And uh, But people are, are quick to say, like, it's like, oh, you're so snarky. And part of me is like, you know, he is sort of not not skewering the film so much as skewering the way the studio wants to present yes. their film. Yes. And in my view, you can be as snarky as you want when it comes to mm-hmm. studio publicity. Yeah. Well, what was that movie, The This Means War, that stupid-looking, oh. awful, romantic yeah. action movie or whatever? Um, on the trailer, they proudly proclaim, coming this President's Day, like as though President's Day, a great weekend for movies. <laughs> Everyone goes to see movies on President's Day. Well, some people do, because it's a... Is it a three-day weekend? Uh, no. Well, oh, yes, okay. It is. is it? Is it? Well, yeah, it depends was on where you're um, I work from home. And there are, <laughs> yeah. There are no uh, government holidays for me. No. But th- no, you're talking about the new film from director Mick G, mm-hmm. star right. of, or maybe co-star of Christian Bale's rant. This is true. <laughs> uh, you might know him from such lines as, Mick G, do you have something to fucking say to this guy? <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I, we've said it before, but one of our favorite things, and I think you you said it first, so I'll, I'll credit you, is that like that in the midst of this fury that he still will say McGee, <laughs> it's uh, oh boy, it's delightful. Yeah, the things about I, I know this is like three, almost four years old now. That thing, mm-hmm. um, really, uh, three or four years old. Yeah, uh, it's still the greatest of those things. I know 
you can. <laughs> I, I love the Buddy Guy one. I, I love Casey Kasem. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. You're yeah. right. Yes, Buddy Rich. Um, the, this guy. This is not my kind of guy. <laughs> um, and my favorite Buddy Rich one is when he threatens uh, the horn players keep vamping, and he threatens to cut the microphones off on them if they do it again and he says and then we'll see how you do up there without all the assistance <laughs> which which was referenced yes by uh jerry seinfeld right yes. on seinfeld yes yeah, three, there are Kenny three, Banya. we're getting off track but there are three references in seinfeld to the buddy rich tapes there's uh we'll see how you do up there without all the assistance there's this guy this is not my kind of guy and then there's uh I'll take you outside and I'll show you what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those scenes in Seinfeld funny were funny to begin with, but are so much funnier to me now that I know the Buddy Rich tapes. But the Christian Bale one is uh, par excellence. It, mm-hmm. is, it is the greatest one of those that there has ever been. And it's because of things like him saying McGee, also him trying to keep the American accent, which is hilarious to yeah. me. And the part where he goes, and you're walking through, ah, da, 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 da. Yeah. Because <laughs> I imagine him like taking off his top hat and spinning <laughs> in the air. Doing yeah. a bit of a jig. <laughs> yeah. All due respect to Christian Bale. You cannot beat Orson Welles saying he will go down on someone. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. That's a good one. But I think... Um, Unrewarding. For personal reasons. <laughs> um, like, Orson Welles is being an asshole there. Yeah. But he's not really losing it. Like, losing his composure. And I think for personal reasons, I respond more to someone just going nuts. Impossible. Meaningless. Yeah. It's, you're such pests. That's, I, I think what I like about him is that he's keeping control and still just pointing just venom yeah. at these guys who are just trying to do In their your, job. In depths but of your ignorance, what is it you want? Um, now, speaking of Christian Bale yeah. and his blow-up, uh, it came up on the Oscars tonight. So let's it get did. into it, shall we? Indeed. Christian Bale was a presenter. And Billy Crystal in introducing the presenter, which is kind of a weird like meta thing yeah. to in- introduce the introducer, uh, warned the front row, be careful, you're in his eye line. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which wasn't the funniest thing by far that Billy Crystal said. No. We'll get to whether or not we liked Billy Crystal. Um, but what did you think of Christian Bale? He was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But all, he did all he had to do, which was go and introduce yeah, Best Supporting Actress. I mean, he just seemed uh, like... You know, workmanlike is what I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to be too much of a snob, but the whole, like, your tie is the exact same color as your shirt thing is very, very mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wasn't not a that, fan of that. Wasn't that uh, made most popular by Regis Philbin? You're correct. Yeah, right. Regis Philbin popularized On, that. Uh, who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm-hmm. What? How? What the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> and how do you know I'm talking this? about Regis Philbin. <laughs> I don't want to pick up the different color tie from a different color shirt. <laughs> I like to take that effort and put it into the show. Damn it. Um, all right. So I, I just mentioned Christian Bale to get us into the topic. Yeah. Let's talk about Billy Crystal, though. Indeed. Um, I, I'll give my opinion. I went in to this telecast pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Because I've not been a huge fan of Billy Crystal in recent... I mean, he hasn't done it in a few years now, but his more recent hostings uh, uh, d- didn't love. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the only reason people were excited about him was because Franco and Hathaway were so awful last year. Mm. Um, so it took me maybe an hour or more to really realize that some clunkers uh, aside, I liked, I liked what he was doing. 
I enjoyed him. Yeah, I think I like it as well. Just uh, he's able to like deliver things with a straight face when he needs to. And he had... Oh, yeah. His thing about Gil Cates was touching. I love that. And just... I, I like when... As I've mentioned, when John Stewart uh, would host, like he was able to kind of just cut through just the self-importance of it all. And Billy Crystal did it twice. And I mm-hmm. liked it. Because you don't expect it from him. From him, you do not do not expect an edge from him. Not that these were particularly edgy, but one of them was it was one of those uh, you know uh, montages where the actors are just you know gushing about film, and I make it sound like I'm bashing people to gush about film. Uh, five years coming up of uh, Battleship Retention, <laughs> but um, and then it cuts to him. And he's like, I have never felt any of those things, and just <laughs> that was awesome. I enjoyed that, and then his whole thing is like you know. Who be, you know? How better to uh, combat the financial crisis or whatever than by having millionaires give other millionaires gold statues? <laughs> and I liked that. It just uh-huh. it. I, I like anything that just kind of cuts through the haze a little bit. That's just like, look, we, we do what we can when we can, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we're all just having a lot of fun and getting paid crazy amounts of money to do it. Yeah, and he does and, seem to, and in that Bob Hopian kind of way, where mm-hmm. he and Johnny Carson. Where it's just like, yeah, who gives a shit? And th- I got that from time to time, but also a deep love of film. You know, I, I wanted to talk about some of the things I didn't like, but the jokes I didn't like, I don't. I, I've already kind of forgotten them. Yeah. Except I, the thing that you that Billy Crystal does every time, the inserting himself into the things at the beginning, didn't mm-hmm. really work for me. I didn't think it was very funny uh, at all. Um, I thought him dressed as Tintin was like weird that was very weird yeah. if, uh, if i, I want to watch clifford i'll just watch clifford <laughs> yeah. yeah um but uh, uh you know uh, my fear is that he, my fear was that he would make a lot of outdated jokes which he kind of did mm-hmm. um but even when they were old jokes like him <laughs> doing the impression of james Earl jones saying baseball yeah. in feel the dreams <laughs> again most of the younger audience that the oscars would love to uh, appeal to are not going to have any idea what he's talking about yeah. but i laughed well, it's first off. I do think that the it worked once it, that made me like actually laugh out loud. But it was more just the way you know what twice Justin Bieber's appearance and just him just sitting there and be like okay and just camera lingering yeah. on him and that's it. And it's like okay, are we done? I think yeah. I think we got it. That was nice. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also when they talked about uh, you know you would need you'll need some writers and then it cuts to that scene in Moneyball with the older guys <laughs> yeah. and then I don't have any jokes don't right you do not um, <laughs> I found that to be funny but that's more of just a just a visual joke of cutting to these older guys mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah I it was this this sounds like a terrible compliment it was harmless like. Right. Except you know what in his song I didn't necessarily like that he was he kept talking about Jonah Hill's weight. Well, I don't think he liked it either. Yeah, who Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah. he was like, mm-hmm. yep. It's like you know I dropped the weight to avoid this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. By the way, okay, I did. Uh, I was on Twitter. Yeah. Live tweeting, I guess, or whatever. Um, As opposed to dead tweeting, I, I, I never was understood. Occasionally that. making yeah. remarks, but um, when it came to the supporting actor category. Friend of the show, Susan Burke, had one of my favorite tweets of the night where she said, you know, you guys, Jonah Hill did gain 100 pounds for the role. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. Billy but yeah, Crystal I mean, was he was he was uh, doing grandpa jokes, and that's <laughs> and it was and I don't ever remember him being so because he's done it. What did he say nine times? This is his ninth time hosting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't ever remember him being so like laugh at yourself, Jones throughout because he was the yeah. every time he did a joke whether it killed or was a clunker he would just kind of stand there for a second and go you did it you did it bill <laughs> well done you've so arrived you, did that bother you yeah look well, i mean it didn't bother me but it was just like i, do, I just don't remember him doing that right every you know has he but i think maybe that's just um the uh, you know comedy has changed maybe he's like a little more tuned yeah. into this uh post alt comedy you know um self-awareness mm-hmm. and so if he had done the old thing of being bob hope or whatever it would have been maybe even more glaring yeah that been, maybe i mean because I mean, they were very like like cat skills like one-liner but um ching jokes yeah which i mean that's kind of what you have to do in this type of right. scenario but but i did like i mean you talk about him being harmless but one of the i guess slightly more mean-spirited jokes about how old Christopher Plummer is. They said he might be up here on the stage in a few minutes, but that's because he wanders off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite jokes of the night. No, when I said he was harmless, I, I meant primarily uh, in the... Uh the opening the sequence yeah, yeah they, the they sequence, plug yeah. him in like it wasn't it didn't necessarily fall flat for me mm-hmm. but at the same time it wasn't hilarious i've never found that to be really hilarious yeah and the song was i honestly i didn't pay attention i, I kind of tuned out yeah um they only i think there i don't even remember what it was but there was only one like half of a line that referred to extremely loud and incredibly, incredibly close just said something about hanks being gone and you know what that's about right. <laughs> You're damn right. Oh, so. I really loved the chapter 11 theater or your yeah, yeah, theater. those were that was funny. <laughs> but I didn't find myself wondering if most of America is aware of like what's going on yeah, with yeah. Kodak and that they can't say Kodak theater for like because Eastman Kodak is bankrupt and yeah and and, and whatnot. Uh, the chapter 11 theater that was good. But yeah, and, I, I didn't think that was funny. And you know what he did? Uh, the thing I'm talking about, kind of cutting through the the pomp. Uh, he did it again uh, when. But this one was maybe a little more telegraphed when like the big the they're going to present music and so the big songbook comes out and it's just this huge fanfare and he just, he just goes eh. <laughs> yeah and I enjoyed that because it's just that's that's what it needs to be I mean as much as we younger people and you know what David I'm not as young as I used to be no seems like just just not. the other day I was 29 mm-hmm. but um you're not even in your 20s anymore yeah you're, I know you're in your 30s yes I know. <laughs> And so, does that um, really bother you? You know what? It doesn't. Uh, yeah, except that it's just either. one of those. It's just weird to think like, oh, I'm in my 30s because this is going to sound very strange. Like, no, 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 no. My brother's in his 30s. I'm in my 20s. Wait, no, he's in his 30s, and I'm in my 30s. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I, I don't like feel old or anything. It's just I, I find myself reflecting on like what my life has been, and for the most part, I'm actually kind of okay with it. Um, Good for you. Yeah, I know. It's, that's pretty rare, feeling that that type of contentment. But to go back to what I was saying, like yeah, the younger, more cynical internet audience, which is us, all three sure. of us, I would say, mm-hmm. um, as we all went in pessimistic, we all went in being like, "This is going to be." They're going to be groans from us. I'm sure the audience will laugh obligingly. Yeah, but like we're just going to groan and just like, okay, that's fine. You're not hurting anybody, I guess, and uh, it's. It's better than Franco and Hathaway, that that comedy team. I don't like that we're saying it like that, by the way. Um, but yeah, he wound up, like, there are a couple solid laughs. 
not even a couple. There were probably, I'd say, 10 solid laughs in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot worse than that. But in, in addition, he did, uh, you know, in addition to the jokes, he moved the show along like a host should. Yeah. Much better than Franco and Hathaway did. Oh, yeah. And maybe much better than, than even some of the hosts that I that I like. Mm-hmm. Well, he uh, wasn't doing bits either. He was just telling jokes, which right. is, I think that works a lot better. Whenever they've had, like, now we're going to do a song and dance number. Yeah. Like, yeah. Although, off, I mean, off. one of my favorite things ever from the Oscars, I can't remember how, what year it was when you and I lived in Chicago when Chris Rock hosted. Yeah. And he did the, like, location piece or whatever where he went to oh that was good yeah regular people in the theater and asked them if they'd seen any of the best picture nominees and none of them had and then the like the joke kept being that everyone loved white chicks that year <laughs> so i guess that was like 2003 or 2004 yeah um yeah yeah uh, yeah that's that's a bit but that was yeah, yeah. i mean that worked i no, mean okay here's the thing before we move on all right i'm much more interested in these things we're talking about and the presenters and the bits and stuff than in the actual awards but I feel like if that's all we talk about right now, then I'm going to be bored for the back half of the episode when we actually get to the awards. So oh, all right. Sh- should we talk about some of the awards? Sure. And then come back to presenters and bits Well, no, as we, as we talk about the awards, we can talk about, like, speeches and stuff, and those are interesting, right? Sure. To a certain extent. Sure. I, I don't pay attention that much to speeches anymore. I don't either, but here's what it is. You either... Well, now we're talking about speeches. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Speeches are good if it's somebody who's completely new... Or has been around a long time. Mm-hmm. All three speeches for the shorts were great and passionate and fun and exciting. Christopher Plummer, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, solid. Like yeah. I really felt like she was excited. But you know, I, I just wonder. Like, have I? I you know, you said that we're the a certain cynical age. Mm-hmm. Um, have I got, gotten past the point where an Oscar acceptance speech can touch me? It's been, I can't think of the last time it happened. And it used to happen when I was in high school and even like into college. If someone was particularly overwhelmed, I would feel that. Uh, and I would. You didn't be, get I'd anything from by. Octavia Spencer? I mean, she was. No. Really? Yeah. Well, I think at this point it's like, it's expected. And maybe we've, we've watched enough of these to yeah. where it's like, right. uh, well, the, the best actress says, will probably get overwhelmed and get choked up. And yeah. so you just kind of, you steal yourself to it and you're like, well, no. this is going to happen. I think, I, I think I just like, I enjoy well-delivered speech, which is why I liked plumber. I mean, he wasn't overwhelmed oh, or yeah. anything, but he mm-hmm. had, I loved what he said about his wife. I hope I like, it's like, man, I've never been that eloquent about my wife. Yeah. Well, let me say something he did that I'm, I, I'm always a sucker for, okay. which is naming the other nominees. I don't know why oh, yeah. that always works for me. But especially in a situation like that where you've got 82-year-old Christopher Plummer talking about Jonah Hill. Yeah. And talking yeah. about him with, with respect. Yeah. You know, that, that, does, that does get to me. And just saying Jonah with familiarity. I'm sure they've never met before like they're well, both I, nominees. But I think just, as, as we've learned from a uh, friend of the show, Greg Helvey, there are in the weeks leading up to the Oscars lots of opportunities yeah. for nominees to meet each other. So he probably has in recent weeks become familiar with Jonah Hill as a person. Yeah. Um, and for all you know, Christopher Plummer is the hippest guy in the world and loves Superbad. We don't know yeah, that yeah. that's not true. Um, but, but that, uh, but it is nice to see someone of his age talking about Jonah Hill, but even talking about Ewan McGregor. I mean, obviously Ewan McGregor has mm-hmm. been around for uh, like, God, almost 20 years. I mean, I know, we've right? known who he is, but still like, 
a young younger guard and like having yeah. that kind of respect for the n- next generations. It's like when when Michael Caine won for Cider House Rules, and so not only did a, did he talk about you know Michael Clark Duncan and Tom Cruise. But he also had wonderful things to say about Jude Law and talking about how he's going to be a huge star. Mm-hmm. And then Haley Joel Osment and just like just gushing over this kid and just being so gracious. Mm-hmm. That's what it what it is, is like so gracious. Whereas uh, Meryl Streep, while I appreciated how I would say genuine she was being like part of it was, uh, you know, her saying like, I'm sure people are watching this being like, oh, great. Not again. Um, but and- is it? I, I wasn't. Meryl Streep's been nominated more than anyone else, but she yes. hasn't won. She hasn't like, won since Sophie's Choice. Like, in my lifetime. <laughs> what year was Sophie's Choice? 82. So, yeah. we just barely made it. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, we made it. <laughs> she hasn't won in almost 30 years. Yeah. So, um, it was kind of a big deal. It wasn't like an I like, oh, her right. again, because she hasn't won in so long. Yeah. Have you seen, by the way, this is a, uh, off topic, I'll say, I, I should send you guys a link if you haven't. Somebody uh, on their website took from the past like twenty years of uh, of just of actor and actress and supporting actors, supporting actress nominations, gifts of just the reactions, hmm. so you can compare how each person reacts. And so they have every one of Meryl Streep's where she's lost, and it, she is so funny because she reacts the same way every time. She's un overwhelmingly excited for the person who won like mm-hmm. more excited sometimes than the person like standing yeah. up and looking for them and clapping <laughs> uh i should send you guys a link i don't know if you've, it's been going I around but, it, no. yeah, it's it's pretty awesome it, kathy bates losing for about schmidt she lost right yeah yeah uh was the funniest thing to me because i'm not even entirely sure that kathy bates was paying attention <laughs> like there's no change uh, there's no like awareness that it's going on it's uh yeah that, that was my favorite one um as opposed to like when Eddie Murphy didn't win and he was like oh. standing up and he's like, oh, and he sat back down. Yeah. <laughs> he pushed yeah. Alan Arkin out of the yeah. way and said, thanks. For- Wait, what? Wait, yeah. <laughs> oh. And then Norbit came out. <laughs> now, are you. <laughs> Norbit came out before the it Oscar. Did. Yeah, yeah. It did. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people think maybe part of the reason he didn't win. Yeah. Um, Kyle, are you are you a sucker for speeches? I when I think of you, I don't think of you as a sentimental type of person. So maybe you're a you know cynical weird? bastard like uh, David here. I'm not. I'm generally like if you're just asking me, I'll be cynical. Um, it's not so much people's speeches that gets me; it's people cheering. Like for hmm. some reason, like I, I'm not a I'm, I'm a pretty big sports fan, but I get more excited at people cheering when sports teams win. I don't know if that makes any sense. Hmm. It's like applause, really. Like I don't know. I just, I just think it's. Awesome. Is it like the unity of applause? Yeah, like the fact that exactly. everybody is together yeah. in this. People getting so really Ilya excited. Kazan winning uh, the uh, getting the lifetime achievement. Not everyone was no, no, together, no. so you found nothing. I, nothing. I felt, I felt the absence of Ed, Ed Harris in my heart and soul. <laughs> Can I talk about something? Yeah. Speaking of sports and, and fans, my favorite and least favorite thing in college football: the fans storming the field when they win mm-hmm. if that's earned if there's a reason like it's a long-standing rivalry rivalry and they haven't won 15 years yeah. or something that gets me yeah but yeah. if there's no if there's no good reason for them to storm the field, yeah. field it's the exact just, opposite yeah. i hate it yeah it's just a waste i mean you've seen some of those like clips from oh like when shashevsky won like whatever win and he's just like running out to like <laughs> to like hug his team and stuff like that that type of stuff it's like that's uh, so amazing but you're yeah. right like if if it's completely un unearned mm-hmm. then it's just like well now you're just doing it you're just it's like just doing the motions like hey now we can do this guys yeah yeah i don't know why they're bobbing their head but that's what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, I think... Uh, oh, but anyway, sorry, to get back yeah, yeah. to what your question was. Um, so, like, I wasn't excited. I, I mean, Octavia Spencer's speech didn't do anything for me, but mm-hmm. it was everybody, like, standing up and applauding her. Yeah. Now I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, Which, I just like that. I don't know. Did it... I, I, I guess... I didn't see the help. I didn't either. So Nor did I. Sh- I guess... Why are they applauding her? I guess part of it... Maybe this is just my cynicism, but it felt... Or this is my pessimism, but it felt cynical. Like they're saying, oh, isn't this nice that they're giving it to this uh, relative newcomer for this mainstream film? Mm-hmm. Like it seemed condescending. Well, but I mean, I... my pessimism. And also, none of us have seen the film. I do. I have heard that she none and Viola... None of us has seen the film. None of us has seen the film. Thank you very I know much. that sounds weird because people say none of us have, but none is a singular. All right. Think of your... Uh, wow, I can't wait for you to not be drinking again uh, during these. <laughs> I'm saying this more for the listener's benefit than for you because it is a uh, a pet peeve of mine. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm the one that has pissed you off. I am the <laughs> yeah. listener surrogate. Yes. Okay. So, none none is the opposite of one. Yes. Which is a singular. Think of it, think of it as if you're oh, okay. saying not one of us has. That Not one of us have done that. No, I get sounds right to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I think it's, you know, uh, we haven't seen the film. And I hear that she and Viola Davis are the best parts of the movie, mm-hmm. and that uh, and that she really a relative newcomer, like just suddenly is like, who, who the hell is this? Well, yeah, from the clips they showed, like she's she's giving it to him. Yeah, she, she poops in a pie and makes it. And that is just like with bridesmaids, that sort of thing is the number one reason that I don't want to see the movie. Yeah, and it's unfor- and but that's the thing is like. I, I imagine much like Bridesmaids, that's the part that gets like all the all the press. Mm-hmm. But like Melissa McCarthy, like the clip they showed from Melissa McCarthy. Thankfully, well, of course they couldn't show the other one, the the sink <laughs> scene, but where she just throws her leg up there and just like hits it really hard and just like I mean, of course it's a big performance, but I love it. I think it's really great. I was very like in watching that. I'm like, damn, that's I I really enjoy that performance. Mm-hmm. And so I think Octavia Spencer. It's probably. You know, the type of role, relative newcomer, first nomination, here's a win. Very exciting. You know, but I think at the same time, did they give a standing ovation for every acting win? No, I think, I only think she... Plummer, probably. Did he get one? I don't think it was her and and, uh, Meryl Streep, right? I feel like Plummer got one because of who he is. And I don't know, Jean probably did too, Jean Dujardin. Right, I think because each one is something. Yeah. Uh Like, represents something. But I, I guess... Okay, let me get my pessimism back out there. Okay, if Rooney Mara had won, would the would the reaction have been the same? Because she's, I, I don't want to be mean, but she's white and pretty, and she's going to have a career. Where it's like Octavia Spencer is, you know, uh, there's there's a there's a condescension to like this, uh, almost like it's a novelty win. Like oh, let's almost like this. a almost like a pat on the head kind of yes, thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it may uh, well be that uh, it was just the best performance also. <laughs> and everyone was excited that that yeah. one. I didn't see it. Of that, yeah, of that field, like I said when we did our episode about the nominees, of that field, um, well, no, I can't remember who else. <laughs> I was going to say who I would want to win, but I don't remember who, There's, who uh, it was. There's Bernice Bejo. Oh, Bernice Bejo is who I would have wanted to win. Yeah, yeah I think field, so. I think. Chastain, McCarthy, McTeer, and Spencer. Yeah. Which I didn't see. Yeah, but I bet, if, I bet if McCarthy had won... I bet there would have been a standing. Oh, game. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, but it makes you wonder if perhaps that's, if you'll pardon me, uh, a comment on like either 
oh, this nice TV actress did something, or I'm sorry, this nice overweight woman did something. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who knows if Jessica Chastain? I I I think if she had won, I don't think there would have been the the standing out. So yeah, yeah, I mean it is, but I guess there probably I, I, is some cynicism. Maybe there. I need to see the help because yeah. I didn't have this reaction when, when Monique won because I loved Precious. Yeah, uh, and so if, maybe if I saw the help and loved it, yeah, I would feel like yeah, you should stand up. She's amazing in it, but I, yeah. I don't know. Um, so let's see. So we talked about speeches. Well, uh, I guess we could talk about like what specifically won, and that would uh, lead me to take a slight tangent and talk about our uh, Oscar prediction contest. Sure, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll talk about that very briefly, and then we'll get into our specific thoughts about uh, what won yeah, and all for, of that. For those who don't visit the website, which is criminal, and you should because it's uh, the greatest uh, film review website there is on the internet, mm-hmm. battleshipretention.com. Um, Especially with that Anderson guy right stuff. Yeah, Man, he's, he's all right. Those are, those are the best reviews. Um <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, heir apparent, the Largo winch, right? God. <laughs> no, it was Largo winch, the heir apparent. Okay. Sorry. The man's name was Largo winch. And this was a film that came out <laughs> and I saw. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, we had on the, the comment section for our uh, post about the Oscar nominees, you could um, make your predictions in the comments and whoever got the most right would win $30 to spend in the Battleship Retention store. Yes. Um, and we had a three-way tie. It was a three-way tie. Should I say who those three were? I don't want any of them no, to I be upset. No, I don't think should. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They so. know. Yeah. They, I imagine yeah. they know. Um, uh, but um, And in the event of a tie, as always, there is only one, uh, what would you call that? The Great Equalizer. The Great Equalizer. Thank you. But he's not an equalizer in this case. No. He's a randomizer. Yeah. Hey. So we went to the randomizer. Yeah. And put uh, in the three winners. Oddly, also played by Edward Woodward. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I like his name because word is in there twice. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the name. I don't know the first and last name uh, in the comments section. It is listed pure, uh, only as uh, Piotr. Okay, and uh, he won with 17, which is pretty uh, impressive, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. So, um, Piotr, uh, email me, Tyler, at BattleshipPretension.com, and uh, let me know what uh, you would like in the BP store. It could be the DVD store. It could be the the clothing store or what have you. If you would like a Battleship Pretension clock, let me know. Mouse pads, messenger bags. There's shirts for dogs. Kyle. Hotels for dogs. (laughs) It's in the DVD store. It is. In the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the it's on Blu. It's it's not in DVD. It's on Blu-ray. That's the only way to see it. Oh yeah. And so um, only in HD. That's so yeah. Do it. Uh, so uh, congratulations to uh, Piotr. That's some good. That's some good predicting, by the way. So let's okay. Speaking of that, yeah. let's talk about what what were the upsets. I would say the most glaring one is that people everyone expected Viola Davis to win and Meryl Streep won. Uh, yeah, there are a couple. I feel like that's true. Meryl Streep won the BAFTA though. And that was a pretty good indicator this year, the BAFTAs, which usually aren't, but this year it was a pretty good indicator. And I think she was like an early favorite, and then there was like talk about the film itself. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're going to give it to her for such a subpar film, which I understand. Um, It's weird to think that The Iron Lady is a two-time Oscar winner. Like, That's crazy. You're absolutely right. Like, makeup and and actress. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, I don't know, it's... uh, 
it, she was an early favorite, and mm-hmm. then Michelle Williams comes along, and then it was really between those two, and then all, then there was like a late surge a late for Viola Davis because the help came out in the summer, didn't it? Or like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, not. I mean, it wasn't a very. A lot of the movies actually that were nominated and the performances and stuff were kind of mid to late summer into f- early fall movies. Yeah, there weren't a whole lot of winterish movies. Uh, as far as the the main two, apart from Meryl Streep, that I thought that I thought were upsets, I really expected Tree of Life to take some cinematography. Uh, oh, I did too. I yeah. As the did thing the vast had... majority of the people predicting uh, on the website. Yeah, but, and I thought like it too. That was the thing that it was going to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then also um, visual effects. I thought that was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, uh, that was going to be their nod to that being a a good movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I was surprised. My own personal, my my personal feelings about Hugo aside, um, I'm kind of I'm fine with all the awards that it did win. Um, it is I, I said on the show. I mean, it is a, a technical achievement. It is quite beautiful. And actually, in 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 the clips that they showed, I was like, you know, it, there is something to it. I'm I, it did have some pretty great uh, visual effects, and the sound was good. And you know, and uh, and the minute uh, they said, oh, Hugo, Robert Richardson is like, ah, Robert Richardson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be that. Yeah, um, and that's the thing is, it's like yeah, I, I had predicted Tree of Life, but at the same time there was no big picture, director, cinematography. Those are big categories, but those are the only three that it was up for. And so, th- even though it's picture and director, I would not consider that a groundswell of support for the film. And so, if they're going to, as opposed to something like Hugo, for someone for a Scorsese film with. Uh, about uh, old movies. About old movies. Yeah. Uh, a respected cinematographer. Like, I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was. Yeah. But I, I certainly was. I thought it was going to go. It was going to go to Tree of Life. I did too. I thought. I mean, but I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, it was Robert Richardson. So it's like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, uh, Emmanuel Lubezki is not a nobody. No, you're absolutely right. No, he yeah, and he did a really good job. I'm yeah. It's a but, it's a beautiful film. I was I was surprised a little bit that. Uh, with costume design, it went to the artist, and uh, the costumes are, of course, beautiful. But uh, you know, I would have preferred Jane Eyre. And now that, and looking at the clips again, Hugo had some pretty good costume design as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was a little surprised with that. I really thought it was going to go to Jane Eyre or Anonymous, simply because Anonymous has the most costume design. Um, <laughs> um, but Is that the uh, only nomination for a. Um uh, what's his face? Roland Emmerich movie? Oh, Probably. no. no uh, I think, Independence Day won oh, visual effects you're right. that year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think 10,000 BC was nominated for visual effects. I think visual effects, he tends to uh, yeah, yeah. have a presence. Um, Screenplay, however, not so much. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I really, I did not get as many right this year as I usually do. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I failed really bad. Because I watched some of this again just yesterday. Was Titanic nominated for original screenplay? No. Okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah, I watched some of it again yesterday, and it is really bad. Yeah, somebody asked me, like, hey, was Avatar... Na-? It's like, no, no, no. James Cameron does not get screenplay nomination. At least they they have that much right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, okay, there's a part in Titanic that I had forgotten about that is the best thing in the world. Okay, so there's... talk. Uh, obviously, there's the um, Picasso who'll never amount to anything, which is hilarious. Ugh. But Wait, hilarious in what way? Just hilariously awful. Okay, thank you. Um, but the part when right before he draws, he, he draws her, and she's got a Monet in her room, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh, Monet!" 
And she says, you know him? And he goes, yeah. And he walks up to it and he goes, look at his use of color here. And then like moves his hand like sort of weirdly and artistically across the, across the painting and doesn't expound on that at all. Just says, look at his use of color here. <laughs> and with this weird, like, lilting hand gesture, yeah. it's the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> look at his use of color. It's like, yeah. yeah. Painters use color. Yeah, and he certainly used color <laughs> in that area and isn't, that you're faintly gesturing yeah, Look to. at the painting he chose to paint, is what he could have said. <laughs> isn't Monet the, the artist that you can only appreciate from really far away also? <laughs> so why is he walking super close to it and going, look at this part of it? Well, maybe that's the problem. Is he got so close, he's like, I, I don't have anything else to say. I feel like he just said that to have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wow, he's really... I never even thought about color and usage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I never thought of looking at it with this hand gesture. I wish <laughs> that I could do it. I wish I did a video podcast just for this. Because he uses two fingers and he does it sort of like like there's a dip in the in the like he's moving it moving his hand across the painting and there's a little dip there <laughs> around ar- around the water lily and it, it uh, that had to have been scripted right it was like <laughs> yeah jack moves his hand kind of in a, kind of in a day sarcastic way <laughs> james cameron cut no 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 like this and walking up well to that's the what happened is they they, they <laughs> much like the painting itself they filmed his hand doing it right. he's like i'm the only one that's going to get this right uh-huh. this uh, bullshit move so um all right this is off topic but uh that's about the oscars it's fine were you guys uh i didn't really i didn't necessarily have strong feelings about editing um but girl Does with- anyone <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the concept of editing, I have strong opinions okay. about, but in the, the nominees, like, you know, Hugo was edited wonderfully as was Moneyball. The descendant, uh, was fine. I, it's not poorly edited, but it's, it surprised me with its nomination, mm-hmm. the artist. Uh, and then girl with the dragon tattoo is wonderfully edited, but for some reason I just didn't think it was going to win. And, uh, I, I guess I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, I that was another was- one. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, I didn't think I was that surprised. Uh, I also was surprised that The Descendants was nominated because yeah. um, there is. Uh, I rewatched uh, Sideways recently. Um, it's still awesome, uh, mm-hmm. but there is a slapdash nature to Alexander Payne's films that I think mm-hmm. is uh, intentional, though it may be, still doesn't speak to it ha- be, ha- reaching some high level of editing. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all with Dragon Tattoo. I think that and the artist were probably two of the mm-hmm. uh, most like the, the things you can point to and say that's great editing, uh, yeah. you know, uh, of the year. And and I don't want to give people the impression that like in you and I talking about the Descendants and it not having a lot of like flashy editing, like that doesn't mean it's edited poorly. Like I said, no. or or even slapdash. I don't remember there being anything like that in the Descendants specifically, but. Um, yeah, I don't. It, I don't I, mean to give the impression that, like, for example, like the only type of cinematography that's good is like large vistas, or yeah. the only type of uh, you know, like, it's just. I don't remember there being anything particularly. But no, I, I do think there is something slapdash. I think that part of Alexander Payne's style is that he doesn't seem to be particular about aesthetics, mm-hmm. um, and that of course, and it becomes its own aesthetic. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I, I still think he, it. it in a lot of ways, it seems like he has a general idea of where he's going to place the camera and when he's going to cut. But it isn't. Um, again, it isn't as particular as as a David Fincher is. The only thing that I can think of for why it was nominated, and again, I don't mean to I don't mean to crap on it, but like, is that there are several scenes in which there are multiple characters in a scene, and when he chooses to cut to a specific character, 
as a way of engaging our emotional reaction to what is happening. That's the only reason I could. That's that's the only thing I could see as to why it was nominated. It's just covering a lot of characters at once. But even then, like it's not like it's. I hate to put it this way. It's not like it's Gosford Park or something where there's dozens of people in one room. Yeah, but I mean, I think um, uh, the, like with best cinematography or score, the best editing is invisible. Right. And so you just sort of have to think not in those kind of specifics. Uh, I think, but in general, how does the movie feel? Like, does it feel like it moves yeah. along in a nice clip? And um, even when Dragon Tattoo extends into an uh, inexplicably unnecessary fourth act, yeah, uh, that's it still moves along very well. Now, I think where I, if I had to choose from those nominees, and I were handing out an editing award, mm-hmm. um, I might give it to the artist because the artist actually. Um, it uses it, it tells jokes with the editing, yeah. which is something that uh, we talked about when we had um, uh, comedian Paul Tompkins on the show. Yeah. We talked about Edgar Wright and his ability to yeah. uh, tell jokes mm-hmm. with film editing. And the artist does that. If you think, um, uh, and not even differently jokes, but just little, there are little tricks. Like uh, when we first, um, when we first meet uh Jean Dujardin at the uh, George Valentin at the um the premiere of his movie and he reacts to the crowd's applause before you see the crowd applauding mm-hmm. like that's that's a very specific editing choice yeah. to you know when to when when to show you which shot uh and I think that sort of um very considered editing maybe is why I expect, when also putting I, in like putting in the caption at the specific moment. That, that's yeah. part of it too. And yeah. I feel like they did that a lot of times for comedic effect or for dramatic effect. Or whatever. And in discussing like, uh, you know, a film being, you know, the, the editing being invisible, something like that, these day, to make a silent film these days means, oh, sh- shoot, where does the card go? Yeah. And whereas back then, it's just like, oh, well, it goes after this. That's everybody edited in that way whereas this it's very much a conscious choice and you don't want to break the 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 flow and so yeah i, oh, I hadn't really thought about this that. is off topic but not everyone edited in that way um if you compare uh the only silent film before the artist um to win best picture wings mm. uh, i don't know if you've seen it uh, i saw not- the tv series is that the same <laughs> okay but that was not silent um I haven't seen it in full, but I have seen uh, excerpts from it, mm-hmm. and it is very heavy on the title cards. Yeah. And that's from 1927, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I think, whereas um, FW Now is the Last Laugh has yeah. one title card, I think, in the entire movie, and that's 1924. So, uh, I, I, so I, I just disagree with your contention that there was just... Uh, it was done perfunctorily. There, there, there were people using editing or using uh, uh, editing in the title cards in a very art, artful way. I don't. I don't necessarily era. mean perfunctory. I just mean that I think it was more in the genes of filmmaking. Okay. Um. I. There are definitely like, like uh, you know, Buster Keaton used cards far less than a Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd often had jokes in the cards themselves, and they would sometimes be amusing. But it's like this is more than anything a visual medium and so like you really should try to get back to the one there was like i i don't know if you noticed this but like the cards became less and less prevalent in the artist like the further along you went Mm -hmm. and and they stopped they you know almost never had what the person was mouthing it was usually a lot less 
Mm-hmm. So like uh, it's like you get the gist, and sometimes they would just put a word or you know a couple words up and stuff like that. And so it's it's that type of thing. When are they breaking the action with the title card? Is is almost more important than what is on the title card? Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Um, and I do think I mean there's a lot of great nominees uh, in this category this year, and I I think Moneyball was really well edited, and mm-hmm. I think that was mostly. Uh, you and I are going to disagree again. Well, that's fine. I think it's good, and you hate it, and so <laughs> I, I don't hate it. But I think the um, the the flashbacks to Billy Bean's uh, actual baseball career, mm-hmm. as necessary as they are, every single one of them felt clunky to me, and and felt shoved in in ways that distracted me. But is that a function of the editing, or is that a function of the script? But still, I mean, I, I guess. All these In things- theory, maybe they should have edited those out. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these things work together. It's a collaborative art, and so right. maybe the maybe you had the best editor in the world working on Moneyball, but if he's got these problems, he's not going to win the award or she. Yes, let's not be. Um, but uh, and I think I, I like just the the moments like when they come back from the flashback and just see like a rather pensive looking uh, Brad Pitt, or cutting back from like. Uh, there's, there's one where I think he's, uh, being, he's being, uh, courted by these, uh, scouts when he's a, a young man. And then you hear a voiceover of what one of the scouts is saying as you see, uh, a still on the wall of, uh, a Cle- uh, like an old, uh, I don't know. I don't know what baseball player it was, but like the Cleveland team, uh-huh. whatever that was. I don't know if they were the Indians way back when i don't know the history of the uh, franchise franchise yeah it's a franchise. okay just making sure no they were the scalpers way back when <laughs> <laughs> indians is actually less derogatory than the one they used to have but uh and so so it cuts to that and you feel like it might just be one of those arbitrary cutaways of like hey here's the almost an oliver stone type cutaway of like hey here's the history of baseball as this guy is describing the history yeah. of baseball and then you realize oh that's a photo on the wall where brad pitt is uh, and or here's just, in uh, any given Sunday, here's some shots from Ben Hur, <laughs> like yeah, while he's talking about football, and that's so weird that Ben Hur is in it because Charlton Heston is in any given Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it's a thing I've never been able to get over. Have you seen any given Sunday? Yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Like Charlton like, Heston is in the movie, and so is the clips from Ben Hur. <laughs> so wait, is is like the football commissioner guy like <laughs> he, he used, used to, to be an actor he used to be an actor or, or did he used to actually like be a, like a cherry racer like what what's going on um was he and, playing charlton heston in that movie i don't remember no <laughs> and he's not in that scene but it's just weird that he's in the movie yeah. and there's clips from yeah yeah um but no i i think uh, i think moneyball is actually put together fairly well and i don't i don't necessarily think the flashbacks are clunky and this is where you and i disagree because i think if you're going to have flashbacks and maybe you don't necessarily have to but if you're going to have flashbacks the way they did it i think is very good because none of them are very long and even within the flashbacks they're cut together almost like a memory like there are very few static shots the camera's almost always uh wandering and picking up little details here and there much like we at, like we really are in his memory and anytime you experience something you remember the thing itself but you also remember you know the type of shirt someone was wearing or like the the way somebody's glasses looked when they were sitting on a table or something like that well I, I do I, I do agree with that so i think while maybe the placement of them might seem clunky they're very well edited 
for what they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think they do a very good job of, of making it as, as seamless as possible. I, I'm usually not a fan of flashbacks myself, but it didn't bother me in the film. And that's another movie that benefits from um, cutting around a lot because it's a lot of people talking and that's mm-hmm. where the, like, the heart and the emotion for the film is. And so that's another one where it's, it's just a bunch of dudes in a room or a couple guys in a room. So it's, it's, the, it's the editing that does the pacing for those scenes yeah. you know, to kind of accentuate Sorkin and Zalian dialogue. Yeah, it's... I, I sorry to go back to Moneyball. I already talked plenty last time. Um, but uh, hey, Tyler, what'd you think of that movie? You know what? I'm on board. I'm in, okay. I'm in favor of it. But uh, but I do think like like Wally Fister's cinematography, um, mixed with the type of editing and the type of writing and the type of acting, like it does all feed into itself to be, I think, more than the sum of its parts. But everything seems to complement everything else. Like in those meetings with the scouts, like from a cinematography standpoint, when he chooses to focus on Brad Pitt and when he is out of focus, you know, when the foreground is in focus or the background and middle ground, um, like when he chooses to do that, it's not always what you assume it would be. Yeah. Willie, Wally Fister rather Mm -hmm. is, uh, is awesome. And in ways I, I almost think he's underrated because I think he gets more credit or more attention for his Christopher Nolan collaborations, especially mm-hmm. his more recent ones like Inception and yeah. The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. um, which are visually quite bold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where he really doesn't get enough credit is for things like Moneyball yeah. or um, or Insomnia, which has some uh, visual flair to yeah. it. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, I think that guy doesn't get enough credit for how subtle he can be yeah. when the material calls for it. Which is why he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for Moneyball. Yes. Right. Um, and one for Inception. Yeah. We can move on now. Well, I want to talk about... Uh, I do want to get back to the, the presenters and stuff, because um, mm-hmm. I liked a few of them. But I, I want to talk about the, the, the amount of Twitter that I was paying attention to. And uh, a, a thing that I was vaguely aware of, but really came to light during the ceremony people who don't like the artist really don't like the artist and what what is uh, we all liked it here is that yeah yeah, right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like, i might like it the least of all of us and i still like it yeah i think it was I, i've already forgotten but i think it was an honor in my honorable mentions uh i don't recall i don't recall either um i think it was yeah uh i pay attention to the blog well uh, good for you <laughs> So yeah, I, I I quite liked it. Um, we, we all did. But uh, what is it? Do you think that people hate so much about it? Because it's not their favorite film. I think it's just it always happens. I mean, it's it's a very well documented thing that whatever the front runner becomes, and sometimes it's like you know, like the King's Speech, which is built but, on good performances, but it's not Social Network. But or, I, I, I remember people saying the King's Speech is nowhere near Social Network. I don't remember this level of vitriol. No, I, I. Some people do. You're absolutely right. People just don't like it, and and I don't know what that comes from. Maybe it's just they don't have the appreciation of film or like film history. Maybe you know what it probably is. I bet they're. I bet because of the type of movie it is, they're willing. They're much more willing to. And I, I did this to a certain extent myself. Like I remember, I asked, uh, like if this were if this movie did exist eighty ninety years ago, would. Like, would we say it was a good silent film? But that's not the point. And that's not the right question to ask. Like, I asked that at first, and it's like, and I stopped asking it because, like, well, it wasn't made then; it's made now. Yeah, and it, is and it good now? And it, but it's made to be seen now. Yes, it's with yes, I, and that's where I arrived. But I arrived there. Maybe other people mm. 
never did. Like maybe uh, they stopped and just said it's a gimmick. Yeah, I remember one person, one dipshit on Twitter saying um, <laughs> at dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why you're here. Um, <laughs> saying uh, it, if it weren't a silent film, it would go straight to DVD, and that's well, maybe it, that's so. It's a silent film. It's supposed to be. That's like saying, if this movie weren't so good, it wouldn't be any good. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people said, I remember you and I had this conversation when Memento first came out that uh, we were in college at the time, and people said like, ah, if it didn't, if it wasn't made like that, like nobody'd be talking about. It. It's like, well, it was. So well, well, what now? No, I was younger then. Wasn't I kind of making that point? You said that a little bit, but you let go of it pretty quick. I did, but I think, and maybe like you said, because their favorite film didn't win. Uh, a lot of my ire toward Memento at the time was because it won the independent spirit over Mulholland Drive, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I still think is a far superior film, but I've come to like Memento quite a bit, and actually I, I think it's my favorite uh, Christopher Nolan film uh, to date. I'd say it's probably mine as well. Um, you, Kyle? Um, favorite Christopher Nolan film? Yeah, I would say that it is. But uh, So yeah, I think that's probably what it is. It's a combination of, well, it's not... I mean, amongst, I'd say amongst our crowd, it's not Tree of Life, or it's it's not any of these other things. It's this movie, and, and there's plenty of things that you can point at and say, this is what it is. This is, it's it's the novelty of it. That's all it is. And, uh, and it is, uh, it is a crowd-pleasing movie. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't yeah. think uh, that because regular, quote-unquote regular people like it, doesn't mean it's the blind side. Right. It can be, I mean, a movie can be good and be liked by a lot of people. Take uh, Finding Nemo, uh, yeah. for example. It's, yeah, it, it is just, uh, and, and I wasn't following Twitter, so I don't know. Uh, and it makes me wonder, like, who are you following that is just that angry at, uh, you don't have to name, name names. Name names? I could name names, but I don't think I No, would. you can, you can tell me. Fights. You can tell me after we record, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little curious because it's just. I'm so wary of that now. What? Let me let me tell because I want to talk about uh, a number of months ago. I used something that Matt Singer said on the film film on film when he was guest, <laughs> on, uh, guest hosting on Film Spotting. Yeah, as a, what I meant to be a springboard into something else I wanted to talk about. Yeah, and uh, I felt so bad about how much I had to end up defending like my opinion and respect for Matt Singer as a as a as a film critic, and so now I'm so wary of. Uh, of naming names on on the podcast, yeah, because and I don't want. I think people uh, people use the internet to for flame wars and stuff like that. And I think because that happens so often, if I name a name, people are going to assume that I am denouncing this person across the board. So yeah, yeah it's, it's all or nothing. Yeah, some of these people um, who really hate uh, 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 the artist. I, these are people I really like yeah. uh, and, and respect, but I don't want to name names because I don't want to be accused of. Or have my name tied to a yeah, dislike yeah. for someone that I actually respect. That said, okay. it was Roger Ebert. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he just hates uh, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> it's all new with him. He yeah, like anything old. And so, um, but yeah, and but the thing is, like, as I said, I I like this film less than probably anybody in this room and amongst the people I know, I like it less than they do. It's still a delightful film. I can't find a lot of flaws with it. If it, and it, I mean, it was on the fast track to win best picture for a long time. And so it's just like, 
fine. I don't care. Like it, it's not even so much that I don't care. It's just like that's a perfectly fine film. When people return, if people go back and talk about like the movies that have won Best Picture, they'll be like, this is delightful. And because it's not so damn overwrought as Best Pictures tend to be, it'll be a nice, it'll be a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And so like film, yeah. films like this don't. I, I understand the Best Picture thing gi- gives it a veneer of like. Um, just oh this is the best movie of the year it's like but at the same time it's just like a film like this does not deserve that level of ire yeah even i mean crash and dance with dances with wolves won best picture yeah Yeah. and i think the artist is better than both of those and forest together forest gump guys (laughs) which there's a i do not like forest i've talked shit about forest gump on the podcast yeah recently there's there's a lot of things i still really like it's not a bad movie but look at the other movies that were nominated that year yeah it is the Um, worst let me think about (laughs) I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet. I've said it on Twitter a lot. I have one major problem with the artist. Not enough Missy Pyle. Missy Pyle is one of my favorites, uh, both as an actress, as a comedic actress, Mm -hmm. and, you know, frankly, just as a pretty lady. And uh, my favorite thing about award season is that Missy Pyle has been on my TV screen because she's been on stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I uh, uh, I want more Missy Pyle. Okay. Can I give you a little? Uh, we were talking. We took a break at somewhere in there. You guys, listeners, might know where. Sharp eared listeners. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about weird nicknames people have for their cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cat sometimes will um, curl herself up in a way on the couch where she just, uh, where I said she just looks like a pile of fur. And so my girlfriend started calling her Missy Pile when she's <laughs> when she's <laughs> when she's in that state. Uh, so. Um, God, I hope I hope Missy Pyle finds out finds out about that at some point. I am, I'm a big fan. Well, you should tweet it. I mean, it'll find it. It'll find its way to her. Um, so, uh, as far as so, you you mentioned you wanted to talk about um, some of the presenters. Yeah, let's do. that. I think there were some solid presenters. We've been talking for a while, Kyle. You're the one that made notes. <laughs> I sure did. What, what are some of the um, you know? And good for you, by the way. Well, you know, I always I, I like wanted, when guests I, make notes. It's just like mm. I wanted to make a good impression. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've made um, it. Auditioning, you yeah, already, no, I know. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, really, uh, once you wrote that Largo Winch, the heir apparent, <laughs> review, you were uh, a member of the family. You should do another series about Largo Winch. Like, once you're done with this James Bond, <laughs> yeah, thing, just well, I'm you almost know, done. Got only one more left. We'll just really break it down. Yeah, um, I thought Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis were awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's. Biggest laugh of the night yeah. was I'm I'm Zach Gaffin whatever he said his name was, <laughs> which is awesome. Well, I mean that's that's a line f- from his stand up where he yeah. used to go, hi or he go I'm Zach Galifianakis and I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, that's one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> I've ever. seen him do that. A number. Um, yeah, because there's I mean Will Ferrell has presented a couple of times mm-hmm. and he's just weird every time and those are always my favorite ones where it's like. Not there's nothing scripted necessarily, or it's probably scripted, but it's there's nothing like they're not reading off a teleprompter. Um, they're not just trying to be dumb. Can I tell you my favorite one of my favorite presenter moments ever was I think three years ago. Uh, Jack Black and someone else were presenting something, and they did a little bit, and then when it came time to actually read the nominees, Jack Black went, "Anyways, you guys." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Just like, oh, right. <laughs> Respected award show going on. 
<laughs> I love that um, Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis, they, so they came out of the, the pit with mm-hmm. their symbols and their crashing symbols, and then for some reason they stand right in front of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie <laughs> and slam the, the symbols together two or three times. Yeah. That was fantastic. Uh, and then dropping the symbols. I know that, like, I think he was trying to drop a yeah. symbol, oh, yeah. and it wasn't falling for quite a while, which made me laugh. Um, and then uh, I really was getting ready to not like, but then I ended up really liking Emma Stone and Ben Stiller. Damn right. That was, was great. Really she funny. was great. Yeah. Now, knowing me, a year from now, I'll probably be over Emma Stone and will uh, <laughs> she'll be in Zoe Deschanel territory where now I Zoe Deschanel sets my teeth on Are her. Are you she, kidding me? She's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thoroughly winning uh, is what that she was. That was great. I mean, she came out like being very vain and like um uh beauty pageant winnery yeah and, and also that, three feet taller than ben stone oh my god yeah. <laughs> and i've i think i've stood next to i'm a fairly tall guy but i've stood next to emma stone like at a thing i was like oh my god that's emma stone and she's not very tall so ben stiller must be really not very tall she's probably wearing, wearing uh oh, probably, as well, yeah. yeah she also had a goiter on her neck that she was covering with a <laughs> giant bow <laughs> That's why we bring you in, Kyle. You got all the dirt <laughs> about you goiters. Have a favorite uh, dress of the night? A favorite um, dress. I thought Jessica Chastain looked she fantastic. Look lovely. I liked Natalie Portman's dress. Yes, absolutely. I liked uh, I liked Gwyneth's. Uh, it was interesting. Oh, what was the joke that we had at the thing? Um, that she's uh, she looks like she's on uh, from Star Wars, and I made the <laughs> I made the joke that she's about to tell us how many boffins died to bring us this information. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she looked like maybe um, an extra from the heaven number in Monty Python's Meaning of Life. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, smell some heaven. I do not uh, remember any dresses. Because um, you picture everyone in their underwear? That's what it is. <laughs> okay. um, I, I really wish that I... Because I know that's a big component to it, and I just... And I don't mean to be like, I don't mean to turn it, be like defiant about it. I just don't know. I don't care. I, I'm totally oblivious to it. What was uh, Angelina Jolie's dress, which was basically pants that had been cut through mm-hmm. the middle? Oh, yeah. I do remember that. How uh, great was, uh, was what's his name? Jim Rash. Jim Rash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to stand like that. That was awesome. <laughs> and how awful were uh, Jennifer Lopez and Cameron Diaz? The worst. Oh. Well, you know that they just came up with that. Yeah. Let's turn around and then turn back around. You, you know who they are they're they're such Romy and michelle <laughs> maybe no no because Romy and michelle are charming okay they're uh and don't know they're, they're stupid they're so yes there's j-lo and uh c die whatever um, <laughs> um are so like pretty see j-lo die <laughs> yes yeah, see the change j-lo die in house of wax <laughs> um uh i don't think anyone has ever told them they're not funny. I think if they did that in a room of sycophants and friends, they all would have laughed yeah. because they're the famous people. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think they just assume that whatever they do, people are going to love. Yeah, I don't... Like, it, the, the group that we watched it with, we're just like, what, what was that? <laughs> yeah. There's no joke there. Yeah, it's... And they started laughing like it was the funniest thing yeah. that has ever been done on stage. Ah. Well, well, I'm glad, you. though, that they put both of the most vapid people together. Yeah, <laughs> so get them out, 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 out of the way. <laughs> um, I, uh, I do want to go back to Emma Stone, though, because oh, that, was, that was, well, that was a bit that I thought would, would go on longer than it needed to. I thought it would be mildly funny. And her commitment level, mm-hmm. which is, and it's 
the whole thing is about her being new uh-huh. and you feel like, Oh, Maybe there is something to this. She was so new that she actually fucking committed to this thing yeah. and made mm-hmm. it funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, made it genuinely funny. I don't think I'm going to be tired of her because there's no shtick to it. She feels very genuine. Yeah. And I and I just really... I was so pleasantly surprised yeah. by that. And my one, you, my one drawback to that bit was the punchline where it was like... Where he's like, you don't need to do a bit, essentially. And then she was like, well, what about dressing up like Avatar? Uh-huh. And I was like, that's yeah. kind of a stupid joke, but... Did you guys... I think I talked from the show. Did you guys see Crazy Stupid Love? No. Uh, I didn't see it. Uh, it's not very good, but she and Ryan Gosling have such chemistry that I want them to be a couple in real life. I, I feel like I said this on the show before. Yeah, I yeah. think you did. Uh, you should give him a call. <laughs> yeah, okay. But <laughs> hey, Emma, have you taken a look at that uh, movie, Drive? <laughs> but there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene where they're in a liquor store and Ryan Gosling is on the phone with a friend of his. And she comes up behind him and pretends to bite him on the shoulder. And then he pretends like he's really hurt by it and like staggers around. But he's still on the phone having a normal conversation the whole time. And it is the most naturalistic, charming, and winning part of the entire movie. And I just, I want those two to be in love. That seems delightful. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, did, stupid, delightful. <laughs> I, uh, I did, for the most part, enjoy the Robert Downey Jr. thing. But I think you and no. I have talked about... We are starting to be done with him, right? I've I've been done. You've been I've been, been done, done with him, him, I think, since Comic Con 2010 when uh, yeah, Iron Man when the Avengers went on yeah. stage. Oh, yeah. was that Avengers or Iron Man? Yeah, yeah. That, no, it was for the Avengers. And yeah. He was sort of like, I guess, the de facto host. Like he introduced everyone, including Mark Ruffalo, and like uh, everyone was there. You know, mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, and he's just so he's wearing like a dumb like smoking jacket type thing, and was just so pleased with himself. Yeah, and. uh no, I did not like that documentary thing at all. I think there's a there's a there's a line you have to walk when you're doing those kind of presentings, uh, or bits as a presenter. Um, not when you you and I have never when done, one when is. one is yes <laughs> um, to be funny without being disrespectful to the award you're about to give out. I mean, think no. they're doing documentary and like a lot of those are about some pretty heavy subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was just uh, just disrespectful and narcissistic that thing and um the things that gwyneth paltrow was saying in character as a joke mm-hmm. were all true and i felt them with 10 times more ire than she was saying them i really actually hated that was my probably my least favorite and you even know more so than j-lo and Cameron diaz and that's the thing is like there there's a way to sell that bit like you can do it and it can be genuinely funny. I feel like if Will Ferrell did it, it'd be really funny. Yeah. When you say you can do it, you mean that Rob Schneider should have, should have done it? <sighs> All right. We're, we're done. I'm sorry you had to see that, Kyle. Um, <laughs> yes, it rubs but there's, there's, there's a way to sell it. And this is what I'm talking about. I'm, I don't want to necessarily go back to Emma Stone and make it seem like I'm in love with Emma Stone. But... His, what Robert Downey Jr. is exactly why I like what she did is because he phoned it in like Will Ferrell doesn't. Correct. That's mm-hmm. why he and Zach Galifianakis or John C. Riley or Jack Black are almost always very funny is because they enjoy their, they enjoy what they're doing and they understand that like comedy can't necessarily be sloppy. Mm-hmm. It needs to be pretty finely tuned and that bit can be funny, but it was sloppy. He, he seemed like he was committed to it only to a certain extent i also think in that sort of situation um the more accoutrement you need to get your bid across the less it's gonna 
it, it's going to hit that uh, comedy in that sort of presenter situation has to be fleet. It has to, it, yeah. it, it has to come across and you know, um, uh, Melissa McCartney, uh, McCartney and, um, Rose Byrne. Is that who she was with? Who yeah, yeah. had the drinks in their yeah. dresses. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that was great. Yeah. It was my favorite. Thing. In and out. But, Done. But, yeah. But, but to bring out actual extras and a huge steady cam rig, like it's too much setup for, comedy in that situation and that's not necessarily his fault i mean there were writers on the show also but they yeah. did yeah. pick he, him specifically he's to robert do that with. He's he robert could say jr. no yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right but i don't think i don't think robert downey jr is probably naturally a funny person yeah i, I think, think he, he thinks he is but i i think yes i think uh his he does have good comic instincts mm-hmm. when somebody else is doing the writing not to imply he wrote that bit himself mm-hmm. but at the same time he could have <laughs> like the the Robert Downey Jr. character that he plays from time to time, and by time to time I mean constantly. Um, <laughs> well, the Tony Stark character now, I was yeah. Essentially, he's just Tony Stark all the yeah, time. Yeah, and even add the beard. I assume because he's making Iron Man three. Yeah, but uh, it's just I don't know. I've, it has grown tiresome, and I didn't think it would. I really enjoy him as Tony Stark. I liked him in Tropic Thunder. I like him as Sherlock Holmes. But it is it's growing tiresome for me. Speaking of facial hair, Bradley Cooper mustache. What do you think? I kind of liked it. I liked it more here than I did in the Golden Globes, where it felt a little, uh, I'm not the first person to say so, but a little Doc Holliday. Mm. But here mm. he had the rest of his face a little cleaner, and just the mustache, and I think it's a solid mustache. I wonder if that's for a role. Yeah, I think it is. It's for the uh, Jeff Foxworthy biopic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who else? Okay. I, I liked all the Bridesmaids. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was funny. There was all, all, all of them. I know some people, uh, again, on Twitter... Um, we're disappointed that they just did dick jokes, but sometimes if you know you talk about committing to a bit, mm-hmm. committing to that sort of sophomoric silliness, yeah, uh, so in the right situation will really work mm-hmm. for me, and I, and I actually did like that. And calling attention to the sophomoric nature of it by saying wiener, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, we're all laughing about it now. <laughs> yeah, um, I wish they gave Ellie Kemper and Wendy McClendon Covey something funnier to do. Yeah, the, the bit or whatever joke it was, I don't even remember the joke now, but it was it was very much just a normal Oscar joke, whereas the other two had been kind of yeah funnier yeah. bits. Ellie Kemper, by the way, uh, from St. Louis, is she yes. right. also adorable? Mm-hmm. Um. So this isn't a function of uh, the uh, presenters. This is back to uh, Billy Crystal because I did just remember maybe what made me laugh the most when he was doing the thing that he always does, saying what people are thinking, and then he gets to Nick Nolte, <laughs> and and he does the joke I wanted him to do, and yeah. he does it so well. Just <laughs> I can tell you. Uh, uh, I still think Zatch Gallif, whatever, was the That's biggest a, laugh yeah. for me. But you and Natalie, my girlfriend, are on the same page. She was laughing about that for for minutes to come after the minute <laughs> ended. She was still laughing about it's, that. It's it's just because you know what it was. All of us all night were laughing about the interview with Nick Nolte on the red carpet. Oh yeah, yeah. And about so his crows about his yeah. and his pinball machine. <laughs> yeah, and so. That's who he is, and his voice, of course, is just getting worse. I, I believe I made the comment that it's it's like he realized, well, you know, I kind of sound like Tom Waits now. I guess I should just say stuff like he would now. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't do that very uh, long. But like, I, I, I saw him recently um, in person. I went to a screening of Down and Out in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and uh, he and Paul Mazursky did a Q&A afterwards. And 
saying the simplest sentence makes Nick Nolte look like he's about to have a heart attack. Yeah. At this point, like his face gets bright red just just to get the yeah. words out. And so he just, uh, I believe somebody else said that every time it cut to him, he looked like a very frightening Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, it's, but yeah, that, so I, we I were think, all making uh, that joke all uh, night. And then when it gets to that, they said the joke I wa- I so badly yeah. wanted him to say. Well, that'd be like if they cut to Arnold Schwarzenegger and he just went. <laughs> it's the same, and it's still funny. And I'm glad that he did it. Like he didn't pull punches. Like he he made the Christian Bale joke and he made the Nick Nolte joke. Yeah. Like the obvious jokes, yes, but they were the ones that like lesser comedians probably wouldn't touch. Yeah, like, yeah. They'd be like, what else can I make fun of instead? Yeah. But they just went with Nick Nolte is incomprehensible and gruff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I think. Are we missing? We talked about Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. We talked about the bridesmaids mm-hmm. uh, when we talked about Emma Stone. Yeah. Were there any other big, uh, good presenters? Um, not missing? off the top of my head. No, okay. I kind of hate, and this is just a general thing about <laughs> the Oscars that they've been doing the last few years. And uh, I hate that this year it was just the lead actor and lead actress, where it's like they have to. What super nice things can we say about all these different actors? It just drives me nuts. It's like as if the actors don't already have a very high opinion of themselves. Maybe they don't, but people have the high opinion of actors in general or Hollywood has. And so remember a few years ago when it was like there were five different presenters per thing and it was just so out of place and it was like, how much can we suck up to these nominated people and they I, didn't do it with the, the supporting ones this year but it's still just like fucking play a, a clip and that's it like i think i'm in the minority of people who actually kind of liked that thing with the past the the or the people talking about the nominees they did a couple of years ago although it was weird like when jeremy renner was nominated to, like colin farrell was the only person they could find because they were in swat swat but he told yeah. but he but but he, that, yeah, that he was the most yeah the best wasn't there story. one with like Slurfiel Ren didn't know the person that she was talking about was it her or somebody else well I never there was someone who said uh, there was what? one where they had previous Oscar winners of that right. that's what it yeah, was yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is, wait is that the one where the guy said Seymour Philip Hoffman instead yes. of Philip yeah. yes that is that one I think it was uh, Alan Arkin it was Alan Arkin I think okay. so yeah. um, alright let's talk about a couple things I don't like okay um uh, like every movie nerd, I don't like that the Lifetime Achievement Awards are shunted off into this little thing. I would At least they showed it. some of the speeches but, a little bit. Uh, I mean, yeah, but that little bit they showed of Dick Smith's speech would have been... If we had seen the whole speech, that would have been one of the highlights of the yeah, of the I agree. program. Yeah. That was so great. I also, and I think I'm in the minority on this, I miss the clapping during the in-memoriam. Uh, I, I know that people say like... Oh, but then some people seem like they're more important than others. It's like, oh, fucking grow up. Some people had more friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just uh, don't... Uh, fucking liberals. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, this like... Yeah, it's... it's uh, We can't hurt know. any of the dead people's feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... Uh, what would I, Ayn Rand have to say about this? I, I think it was more effective uh, and warm that you could hear people clapping for those that they personally missed and the fact that maybe a casting director doesn't get as many uh, applause well fewer people knew them and i think we're all grown-ups and we understand that no one thinks that casting director is being treated as less of a person mm-hmm. because you're hearing less applause uh, yeah they're being included uh, yeah i i think it feels sterile without the clapping yeah um and uh it it feels like yeah 
overly PC liberal bullshit. I, and I am one of the, I, I, I have been one of the people that's just like, oh, that's unfortunate. Cause like if it's a character actor that I happen to love mm-hmm. and doesn't get as much applause as say like someone a, like a Farley Granger, like a Farley Granger or a Jack Warden or something like that. Um, or the general, well, I usually get angry when they just exclude people like a Maury Chaykin. Um, but like Brad Renfro. Yeah. Right, I'm it, still pissed about. Yeah. Well, well that's the thing. He, he couldn't, he couldn't split the Heath Ledger clap. I well, guess. he died like a couple days before Heath Ledger. Yeah. So it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, screw me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But so, um, said well, the dead guy. Talk, <laughs> no, yeah. All right. Finish your point. Then I have another well, just that, um, so it did bother me for a while, but at the same time, I do understand what you're saying. It's like, they're still including them. It's, it's fine. Um, and so by all means, go ahead and let them clap. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't bother me like it used to. Uh, and then this is just the sort of anal like nerd thing in me. But I feel like if the Oscars are just for the year 2011, you should only have people who died in 2011. I agree. But <laughs> it would be weird to not have Whitney Houston in there. Like if you think about it practically, to most people, to not see Whitney Houston's name would be weird. Even but though people it, like us understand. But doesn't it seem vaguely? All, all respect to Whitney Houston and all that. Like, doesn't it seem vaguely like they're? It's like they're like riding the coattails of something. It's just like let's have Whitney Houston. Yeah. I know she doesn't. I know it's. Uh, it seems not necessarily exploitative, but it's like you're breaking your own rule because she died recently, and you know, like, but you, it's you, you'll, is, you'll you'll you're like piggybacking on something else. The thing is, it's not their rule. It's our rule. They're, I guess so. The the Oscars are able to differentiate between the awards for movies are for 2011. The deaths are from Oscar ceremony to Oscar ceremony, and I guess so, they're yeah. fine with that. I'm with logically fine with that, but for nerdy reasons, well, especially I when it says the 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 title says in memoriam 2011. Yeah, yeah, or it's true. like just that's don't true. put the year. Like yeah, yeah, and you're fine. And the. Uh, but I do remember back in the the in 1999 the the awards 498 in which Whoopi Goldberg hosted and uh, didn't go well. But oh, I do remember awful. one moment when she she was int- I think she was introducing the in memoriam thing and she said, you know, there is somebody who is not included in this because it it was a recent thing. Mm-hmm. But Gene Siskel loved movies. Like she, it's almost like she knew like he's not included in this and he died too early to be included in the next one. Mm-hmm. So he needs to be, something needs to be said now. And so, I don't know. I feel like I, they couldn't do that, of course, but it's just, I don't know. Just, yeah, just, just take off the year. Then it's just ceremony to ceremony. Problem solved. So, um, I think we talked about most of the things that were important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tyler, you had a. Uh, uh, sort of like Jerry Springer's last word at the end of <laughs> at the end of an episode. You had a, a point you wanted to make, David. Here's my beef. Uh, it's <laughs> now it's, and I think I'll probably just be repeating what I think other people have said, which is like the Oscars are now. We've said on the show before. I mean, the show is almost five years old now, and so people the have Oscars, heard us. You mean? What I mean, the mo- far more important show. Battleship pretension mm-hmm. coming up on five years. And we've said every time when that we're going to talk about the Oscars, we always say like, we don't really like the Oscars, but it's kind of our favorite night of the year. Like we always say something like that. 
I don't care now. Like it's, it is so anticlimactic because there's so many fucking award shows. There's so many, it's like, there's so many guild awards now that by the time there's no suspense now, like it it all feels so false. Like the group of friends that we were with Kyle, Mm -hmm. like the, the Oscars would be like, it's like Brad Pitt and George Clooney are good friends. Will one of them, you know, but now they're up for the same award, you know, like which are either, you know, which one's going to win. It's like not Pitt. Uh-huh. That's who's gonna win. Uh-huh. Maybe George Clooney, maybe Jean Dujardin, but like all I these it was other things. Be Clooney, actually, I think it was, it was definitely between those two. Yeah, um, but that's the thing is is it's to the point now that like Meryl Streep winning, it's like oh something different than the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Yeah, how shocking! And it's it's and I know that this is just my own thing, and it's and it's and it's other award shows trying to sort of get in before the Oscars. I understand that's the deal, but as a result, and I don't know whose fault this is, except maybe Hollywood's in general, they have taken, in my view, some of the suspense, some of the excitement out of the Oscars. I know that's the biggest night, but as far as like the awarding of excellence or the rewarding of excellence, I feel like that's, that part of it has been, has been deflated. You know, the artist swept the Independent Spirit Awards yesterday, and then it did very well at the producers, writer, uh, uh, not writers, the producers, the actors, the directors guild. So, and it, I think it did pretty well at the uh, Golden Globes as well. So by the time the Oscars came around, it's like, okay, now we'll just do what we all thought we were going to do, and we did. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just I, seems. I can- I 100% agree with you, uh, but I would like to also add, I think the number one thing uh, that has made the Oscars less of an event for me is um, the elimination of the Lifetime Achievement speech. Yeah. Uh, That was always a highlight for me, Um, and I am disappointed that it is apparently not. Yeah, especially in favor of things like uh, Cirque du Soleil. Like, oh, which was which was awesome. It, it was, was fun. fun. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with it. But would you rather have seen Dick, spe- Dick Smith's speech? I wish I, had, I wish I didn't have to choose. But yeah, yeah I would have yeah. rather seen. Dick yeah, Smith's yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you don't want a four and a half hour ceremony. Which I'd be okay. I do. Yeah, I'd like to see Brett McKenzie or various Muppets perform that, that song. Been, there's only two songs. Just let him. Yeah, sing it. I don't and care about the song. You know what? We none of us mentioned this, but maybe the biggest laughs of the night were were that. Uh, Wizard of Oz thing with uh, the Christopher Guest people, like oh my god, yeah, I can't I believe I'm just that. remembering it now at the tail end of everything well, when we're making that, big I, pronouncements. I, don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't I, hate it. I just I laughed at a lot of like maybe as a whole, it's not the funniest thing, but I laughed pretty hard at a lot of those individual lines, like Fred Willard being like, "I didn't really like it up until the uh, flying monkeys came in," and just the way he says it with such a big smile. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, as, my favorite, uh, what what they're saying is as stupid as what people say at mm-hmm. at yeah. things today, but. It's it's the 1930s. I, I liked Bob Bellman asking, "Are there any characters you would eliminate in Christopher Guest without hesitation?" Going, "Oh, Dorothy." <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> why why did they uh, why did they hire these short people when there are plenty of tall, able bodied men who are out of work? And then like, and then it just cuts. To, I enjoyed Eugene Levy's uh, characterization. Like, I didn't care for them, <laughs> or so, or like yeah. I was put off by them, or whatever it is he said. I enjoyed that a great deal. Am and I so, wrong in thinking one of them was green? but like stuff like that part of me is like i'm fine with them making time for that making time for songs even making time for the cirque du soleil thing i still i I still don't need the songs think about 
uh, Kathleen and York doing that song from Crash with the like weird interpretive dance of people I know. Like, running away from a car crash in slow motion. But think uh, about like awful. think about how like fun it was hearing like Heart Out There for a Pimp. Think of how how much fun it was. Uh, you know, blame Canada. Think of how much fun it was uh, when they did the song from Triplet to Belleville. Like, there's a really a lot of really and when the, uh, speaking Christopher Guest, the song from A Mighty Wind with Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy was like one of the best uh, song performances I've yeah. ever heard. You remember the good ones, and I tend to remember the yeah the, yeah, the Crash else? one or like the two Slumdog Millionaire ones. Yeah, or or like the. <laughs> interpretive dance to the score from men in black or whatever oh yeah that was actually one of the better interpretive dances but i understand what you're saying <laughs> yeah um and and yeah here we're talking about how much you like man or muppet but that means you would have also had to hear that awful song from rio was it awful it sounded okay for what it was it sounded lively and uh, it didn't un- sound like my cup and of tea. unlike other songs that are usually nominated um but uh but yeah and so part of me feels like you said like four and a half hours go ahead you're yeah. celebrating Hollywood, and Hollywood yeah. is big and pompous. Once a year. Once a year. It comes but once a year, David, yeah. so let's enjoy it, <laughs> but don't cut out, don't cut out, like, think about, like, the term, it's like, oh, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. Let's break down what that means. Lifetime Achievement. Mm-hmm. That's no small thing. Yeah. And so, to act like James Earl Jones, who is known, it's unfortunate that it's like, from Darth Vader to to Mufasa it's like and and other characters <laughs> in which he's on screen yeah. as well there's <laughs> yeah. that talking about baseball <laughs> <laughs> but like by the way the clip of him recording from Mufasa mm-hmm. the fact that he's like all dressed up yeah in like a tie and everything made me love James Little Jones that's a class act yeah. yeah he sells a good he sells a mustache too by the way uh-huh. um, but yeah it's uh, at the back of his car mustaches i can't do it james l jones but uh but yeah it's so i guess it's just in the same way that like in in some way we're kind of complaining about the same thing because the same i think the same instinct that hollywood has is just like let's just have all these award shows and and celebrate us some more but also we can sell some ads and we can make some money and in the same way, it's like okay, we gotta we gotta keep this down. And the young crowd, not that I not that I think they watch the Oscars very often, yeah. but like the young crowd, they don't care who Dick Smith is. But that's the thing: the young crowd just get over it. ABC, yeah. Uh, the the young, uh, you're, you and I, uh, the three of us being in the eighteen to thirty four demographic are mm-hmm. not the norm for watching the Oscars. Yeah, and just get used to it. One Sunday in February, you're going to have older viewers. Yeah. Get fucking used to it and just play to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they tried last year with young hip hosts, and then they were like, well, let's get the old crotchety guy back out, and let's see what, you know. Yeah. And incidentally, he did better than any of us thought he would. Yeah. yeah. He did yeah. a lot better. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. And so, uh, but this year, I'm excited. I don't know if they're going to have Billy Crystal back next year. Um, I feel like they probably won't. They they like bring him in when it's just like okay uh, we need someone to just save us for at least a year while we think of who else we could get. It's like when they get Paul McCartney or Tom Petty to do the Super Bowl halftime show. It's like we really just don't know anymore. At this point. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, thanks for listening. You can find us at battleshippretension.com. dot uh, com. I'm going to stop doing the thing where I talk about what. <laughs> which reviews we have coming up, or at least I'm going to take a break from it because like our schedule's kind of. 
yeah, messed up right now. So maybe in like April or May, I'll get back to talking every week about which which movies will be reviewed. Uh, but um, you know, we've got as always theatrical reviews and uh, lots of home video reviews. Uh, that's almost becoming more of a thing for us than the theatrical reviews, which I'm mm-hmm. kind of okay with because we've never been a show that is about the current thing only. I'm you, still okay with theatrical reviews. Oh, I, I think I like theatrical that. reviews are great, especially since I write more of those than I do the home video ones. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, since we are not about what's current all the time, we like older cinema. I like that we have these reviews of uh, DVDs and Blu-rays that, that are that are coming out. So, um, yes, as always, before you make your um, purchasing decision, be it movie tickets or DVDs and Blu-rays, Head over to Battleship Retention and see what you should be buying. Some of them you might not have even heard of, but hey, that yeah. doesn't mean they're not worth uh, buying or renting or whatever it is yeah. you're able I mean, to do now. Did you miss the Largo Winch, the heir apparent? It came and went, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I feel like not enough people went and saw it and went, hey, Hong Kong is really pretty. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as always, go to BattleshipRetention.com. Go to TweakedAudio.com. Buy some earbuds. Put an offer code pretension at checkout. Um, email us with your thoughts on the Oscars or anything else at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com follow me david on twitter at twitter.com slash the pretension follow tyler at twitter.com slash more lessons which is the official twitter of his other podcast more than one lesson which you can find at more than one lesson.com and uh, the most recent episode is one that I'm very excited about me too uh, comedian actor Tom Wilson who was in the informant as well as, yes, Back to the Future. He played and Freaks and Geeks. And Freaks and Geeks. And a voice actor for a number of uh, really wonderful uh, animated shows. Uh, he uh, he was a guest uh, most recently. And it was a really wonderful episode. I really enjoyed it. So you can head on over to morethanonelesson.com and hear that. It's episode number 55. Yes. And you can hear my weekly other podcast, which is finally back after our uh, hiatus of retooling. Um, and the show is much shorter, well, a little shorter, but much more accessible now to uh, the average... Um, Not unlike watching. the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's previously on. It's at previouslyonshow.com or in iTunes. Kyle, where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at Functional Nerd. Um, I write for... Nerdist.com and of course the lovely battleshippretension.com. I've it's got a, lovely. It's it's wonderful. Um, I just reviewed Wanderlust, the new David Wayne movie, mm-hmm. and that's up there. Um, Give me a letter grade. I haven't read your review. Uh, B. B. Definite okay. B. Um, uh, oh, I write a whole bunch of stuff about James Bond. I'm almost done with that, um, but I've got five. What's going to be next? After James Bond? Yeah, what's your next franchise you're going to tackle? I don't know. I may go back to Kubrick because I stopped hey, for right. a while. But, oh, right, yeah. Um, I also have a podcast, which is uh, every week. It's called What the Fuck Are You Watching? Where uh, my friend Lincoln in New York and I take a shitty movie we find on Netflix Instant Watch, and we watch it, (laughs) and we make fun of it. Awesome. Um, And uh, you can find that on iTunes at WTF Are You Watching? Um, I don't think you have to put in uh, any punctuation. But we couldn't put a swear word on the thing on iTunes. so. Um, Makes sense. Our, our friends, friends of the show, uh, Aaron Gibson and Joel Church Cooper, used to have a podcast called The Shit Parade, and I think that caused a lot of problems for them, <laughs> <laughs> that it was called that. Yeah. So it's WTF are you watching, but we say what the fuck are you watching. All right. So thank you all for listening. Kyle, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Indeed. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll get you next time.
Bye. Bye. Bye.